0: How fit are you? I mean, how many push-ups should you be able to do? What about pull-ups? How long should you be able to run for? Today, you'll find out. Welcome to the Best You Podcast. My name is Nick Carrier, and I'm an entrepreneur and fitness trainer who has coached over 500 people through my program, The 10 Week Transformation. As an athlete in high school, fitness was always just a part of my life. But when I no longer played sports, I had to learn how to more seamlessly integrate health and fitness into my everyday life. The Best You Podcast will make it so exercising and eating healthy isn't something that you try to do, it's just become a part of who you are. Today I'm really excited to dive into part two of my four fitness standards to determine how fit you are. So, last week I released part one of the episode with the first four fitness standards. Today, I'm going to talk about the second four fitness standards. I want to go over a few things first. Make sure you go check out last week's episode if you have not already. And I want you to reiterate the fact that are these all the standards that matter? Absolutely not. I just wanted to give you a comprehensive review of how I view health and fitness and the different things that you should be focused on and where you kind of currently stand with your current level of fitness. Because I had a conversation with one of my clients not that long ago and I asked her, what do you wish you knew more about when it came to health and fitness? And she said that, I wish I knew how much I should be using for bicep curls. Like how what dumbbells should I be using for dumbbell bench press? And that was a whole, that was a big spark for me being like, I think a lot of people just have no idea where they currently stand and how they should be looking to progress. And, and are they a beginner? Are they immediate, intermediate? Are they advanced? And so I wanted to give you some context on those things so that, when you hear this, you might know, okay, I am weak here, but now I know how to progress and where I should be looking to get to. Okay, this is my strong suit, or and this is what I want to either maintain or I want to even further improve in this particular area. A few more pieces of I guess warning before going into today's episode is number one, that from for every single one of these metrics, I'm gonna talk about it from a baseline, an intermediate, and advanced level. Number two, These are metrics for people who do have some experience with fitness. If you have no experience with fitness, then these probably are not all that relevant to you, at least yet. If you're not able to hit any of these right now, are you a failure? Absolutely not. Is there a specific science behind how I came up with these numbers? No, it's just been based off of my experience having worked with thousands and thousands of people throughout my eight years now of health and fitness coaching. And then lastly, will your performance vary by your age and your size and your experience level? Absolutely, yes. But I want to do, again, give you some baseline standards that provide you with some context as to where you currently stand and how you might be looking to progress. So let's go ahead and dive in. The four fitness standards to determine how fit you are, part two. The first one is how many push-ups you can do or your push-ups until failure. This is an upper body strength test. For males, starting from baseline to advanced, it's 10 push-ups, then 25 then 50. For females, it's five, then 15, then 25. And to be clear, this is how many regular push-ups you can do in a row with good form. And this is regular push-ups, meaning like on your toes, on flat ground. Now I know oftentimes people have a love-hate relationship with push-ups, and I understand it. It's something where, especially if you're not very good at them, you probably hate them. And then even if you are really good at them, you know they're just a grind of an exercise. So why do I feel that push-ups are so important? I think that push-ups are just such a foundational move that requires so many different things from your body. It requires skill one, because you have to have the right technique to do it properly. It requires mainly upper body strength, but also core strength, and then just a little bit of lower body strength mixed in there. But all that said, my favorite thing about push-ups is you can do them anywhere. You can do them anywhere, at any time. You don't need any equipment, and you don't need any type of floor. You can do them in your hotel room, in your office, in the airport, outside at a park, in your backyard. Wherever it is there is ground, you have a gym. You have the ability to do push-ups. So there are absolutely no excuses to not getting at least some sort of exercise in. And lastly, push-ups are modifiable. If you can't do regular push-ups on your toes, which is probably a lot of you guys listening, that's fine. Do them on your knees. Once you progress to a certain point on your knees though, you need to find an elevated surface like a table or a coffee table to do them on as well. But just do them. I'm lucky because my dad and my brother, my dad had me and my brother doing push-ups when we were like six years old in our living room, so I've always been pretty damn good at push-ups myself. But if you're not, again, that's okay, but it's time to improve starting today. The second standard is barbell deadlifts. This is kind of a full body strength, but I kind of categorize it as more of a lower body strength exercise. Again, for males, from baseline to advanced, 185 pounds, 235 pounds, 300 pounds. For females, 125, 185, and 245. Now, this is one that will definitely vary a lot based on a few things, your experience with this exercise, your age, and your size being a big one. But this is, again, my general recommendation regardless of those factors. Why do I feel like deadlifts are so important and why have I included them in these standards? Well, one thing is I sometimes hear from people that you don't need to do deadlifts once you get to a certain age. But my response to that is, do you not want to be able to pick up heavy stuff on your own as you get older? Of course you do. Every single one of you wants to have independence wants to have the ability to do things on your own once you get older. Like, don't you want to be able to pick up your own luggage? move your own furniture if you need to, pick up your grandkids, then deadlifting is absolutely critical. If you don't know what a deadlift is, you can find it on YouTube, you can look it up really easily, but it's simply just picking up a weight with good form, obviously, and then putting it down. Again, as you get older, you don't have to deadlift an insane amount of weight. Definitely want to prioritize form first, but this exercise is absolutely critical for obviously maintaining strength as you get older, but it's also maintaining your independence as you get older. So number two is those barbell deadlifts. Number three, unassisted pull-ups. Now pull-ups, let's be clear, is going to be an overhand grip, and this is an upper body strength exercise. For males, from baseline to advanced, it's 3, 8, and 16. For females, it's 1, 4, and 10. Now once again, this is going to vary a lot based off of your experience with pull-ups, your age and your size, but again, this is just a general recommendation regardless of those factors. Again, why pull-ups? I admit that I have a bias towards bodyweight exercises. I think they're just so accessible. They're proven to be effective and they're just fun to improve on. Once again, like push-ups, this is another one of those things that we all have kind of a love-hate relationship with. If you are terrible at pull-ups, you absolutely hate them. They're a grind. I have some clients of mine who pull-ups are not their thing and they absolutely hate them, But It's such a critical exercise to improve on. And then even if you are really good at pull-ups, again, you know how much of a toll it takes to really knock out a brutal set of pull-ups. And so that love-hate relationship is definitely true. Pull-ups are critical for strengthening your lat muscles, which is the biggest muscles in your back, running down, essentially attaching up by the shoulder all the way down to your hip, and also strengthening a little bit of the biceps. It's an upper body pulling exercise that I really believe that most everybody should routinely add in to your workouts. And not only that, but they require some core strength and body control as well. Now again, a lot of you guys who are listening to this might not be able to do any pull-ups. If that's the case, that is completely okay. And in addition, if you're somebody who's overweight, pull-ups are gonna be even harder because you're simply having to lift up more weight. Also, one other thing, I have a lot of girls who ask me, women who ask me, why are pull-ups so hard for me? They think it's a body weight exercise, so it's a lighter exercise. That could not be anything further from the truth. If you think about it, a girl, if you're 125 pounds, if you're 150 pounds, if you're 175 pounds, if you're 200 pounds, that is how much weight that you're having to pull using your back muscles and a little bit of your bicep muscles. That is a heavy weight, regardless. Like you could be a midget, you could be tiny, less than hundred pounds. And it's still a lot of weight that you have to pull up. So it's not a light exercise. And most exercises that especially females are doing, you're not ever lifting that amount of load. You're not ever lifting that amount of weight. So it's very hard to be good at. But again, it's okay if you can't do pull-ups. There's plenty of ways to do assisted pull-ups, whether that be an assisted pull-up machine or by using bands for assistance. I just recommend that everybody starts somewhere and finds a way to start improving their pull-ups. Now, before I dive into the last one, I want to invite you to participate in one of our free offerings, the first being our one-week free trial of the virtual 10-week transformation. Look, if you're looking for a kickstart in your fitness routine and some workouts that you can do anywhere at any time, then this free trial is for you. Go to nickcarrier.com slash free trial. If you're in Nashville, you can come try a 10WT class for free by going to nickcarrier.com slash free class. I'd love to work with you soon. Fourth and final standard is how long can you run without walking? Now, this is a cardiovascular endurance test. For males and females, the standards are the same from baseline to advanced. 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Let's make sure that timer is turned off. There we go. The fourth and final standard is how long you can run without walking. This is a cardiovascular endurance test. For males and females, the standards are the same. From baseline to advanced, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and 60 minutes. Now, some people who are really good runners, they might run 10Ks, which are 6.2 miles. Some runners might do half marathons. That's 13.1 miles. Or full marathons, which is 26.2. And then people who are crazy with cardio might even do more than that. But with that said, I didn't really want to pick a specific distance for this standard. I'd rather just pick saying how long can you run without walking. I'm not necessarily telling you how fast you need to be running or jogging, but just that you're not walking. And I've still had people ask me, well, exactly how fast is that or is that? And i say a bare minimum jog, what might be 4.5 miles per hour, but again, that too will vary based off of your your height and your stride length. The shorter you are, the slower the speed would be considered for jogging. The taller you are, the longer your stride length, Generally speaking, the higher your speed would be for your baseline jogging speed. But why this test? Cardiovascular endurance training helps with so many things. Mental strength, mental health, physical health, your health span, your lifespan, and all that good stuff. If our body has endurance, we can live out our days, our weeks, our months, and our years with so much more energy and vitality. If we have mental strength, then we're gonna be able to go through tough times much more easily than if we did not. And if our mental health is sound, we're going to be much better version of ourselves. Go out and see how long you can run without walking. And if you're able to hit these goals, great. Let's see if you can maybe even prove on it. And if you're not, let's find a way to start working on it now because cardiovascular endurance is absolutely critical for all those reasons previously stated. Now, again, what should you do with these numbers? I first off recommend just gaining awareness around where you currently stand. Last week I talked about the first four fitness standards. This week I've talked about four more. Go out and get an idea of where you currently stand with them. Do a set of push-ups till failure. Do some pull-ups. Do some squats. Do some bench press. Do some a one mile run and, and a test to see how long you can run without walking. See where you currently stand. Don't do the tests from a standpoint of judgment. Do the test from a standpoint of awareness. And once you have awareness, then you can be like, okay, I'm going to pick one or two to really improve on, and I'm going to work the next 8, 10, 12 weeks to improve on it. Or you could just pick one where you're like, I really want to improve this. And again, commit the next 8, 10, 12 weeks to improve on it. Remember, your fitness performance does not dictate anything about your self-worth. But it might dictate the quality of your life. To finish again, fitness is not about looking a certain way. Honestly, to me it's not even primary primarily about looking a certain way. It's about becoming a type of person who's fit, becoming the type of person who's strong, has endurance, is healthy, has energy throughout the day and is somebody who almost most importantly is willing to push themselves outside of their comfort zone to become an upgraded version of themselves. So if you're in the middle of a 10 week transformation and you want to improve one of these, let me know and we'll work on it. If you're not, Then the next the next ten week transformation will start January twenty second, twenty twenty four. Mark your calendars, get ready, and let's make twenty twenty four the best year yet. I hope this episode helps you to become faster and stronger, and improve your quality of life, and ultimately helps you get closer and closer to your best you.